You're listening to Radio Influence. This is the Valor Hour on Radio Influence. Your weekly glimpse inside all things Valor Fights. And a look at what's going on in the rest of the MMA community. Now, here's your host, Tim Loy. Welcome to another edition of the Valor Hour. It is fight week here in Knoxville as we get ready for VFC 75. It all goes down this weekend, Friday, November the 6th, from the world-famous Cotton Eye Joe. And we've got a stacked card uh, on deck for you guys today. Big big show. Of course, as always, with it being fight week, we will have our, our preview, our predictions panel will join us here as we break down and preview every fight on the card coming up this weekend. Uh, here just a little bit later, I'll be joined by my co-host, Justin Watson, as well as as uh, our picks panel, uh, Greg Hopkins, Jeff Hobbs, and Chad Finnerty. But before we jump into that, we have an interview to get to this evening. We've got one interview on tap, and that is going to be with one of the fighters that is competing this weekend at Valor 75, Mr. Sean Nickel. How's it going, Sean? Hey, it's going well, man. How you doing? I'm doing good, man. Excited to talk to you. Excited to, to see you here in a couple of days. This will be your first time competing on a Valor card, and uh, you will be competing in uh, one of our uh, our Grand Prix qualifiers. We've got, a, uh, of course, next month at uh, at the Joe. And then, Sean, you're going to be competing to uh, gain that last slot, and you're going to be taking on Bradley Brakefield. So before we get into that fight, uh, this being your first time on the show and your first time you've been with the Valor, for, for that matter, I'd like to uh, give you an opportunity to kind to let our listeners know a little bit about your background uh you know you're you like bradley uh are an mma fighter uh by trade you know you come into this with with uh, at least 13 mma fights on your record but you've been out uh now for uh, going on a little over four years at this point so um you know it's exciting to have you back and before before we get into this one just uh kind of bring us up to speed on on your uh, background and and what fans need to know about you okay yeah like well like you said i uh started in mma so kind of started doing a little bit of everything was, uh, actually preferred to grapple starting out. That was where I started, you know what I mean? More comfortable on the ground and then, mm-hmm. uh, started striking not long after and then fell in love with the striking game. And that's, that's where I'm at now. So now I'm hungry for the striking and ready to compete. <laughs> Now, of course, you're uh, representing Triple Crown Juggernaut Boxing up there in Florence, Kentucky, uh, a gym that we have uh, started having uh, regularly on our shows, uh, you know, over over the last few months since we've come back from the uh, the COVID shutdown. Really enjoy having you guys always a, a tough nosed bunch of guys, well prepared, put on good fights, easy to work with. And I know you've been in the corner now uh, for, for some guys, uh, you know, th- th- this will be your first time jumping in there. How exciting is it to uh, to get back in there after several years off? Uh, super exciting. I can't wait. I remember very vividly what it felt like to be up there, and I'm excited to feel it again. It's, uh, yeah, super pumped. Can't wait. And talk a little bit about that uh, that training camp you're coming out of. Uh, you know, you guys uh, have done very well down here on the Valor scene over the over the past few shows. Uh, trained up there with, uh, with Jeff Johnson at uh, Triple Crown. Talk a little bit about your gym and uh, the guys that are helping you get ready. Oh, man. But a bunch of tough guys. A bunch of tough up-and-coming guys. They're and Jeff, I can't say enough about Jeff. He's always he's always there, you know what I mean? Always there to watch and help us improve and push us and you know get us ready for what's next, you know. Um, yeah, I appreciate everybody there. Jeff, um, Tyler Hampton, super excited to have him competing as well. Excited to compete alongside him. Um, super tough dude. Super tough. Very exciting. 
So, you know, uh, we're, we're doing the, the Muay Thai uh, fight here uh, this weekend. You're taking on Bradley Brakefield. He's another MMA guy that's kind of stepping outside of uh, what he's used to, uh, <clears throat> to do the, the Thai fight here. Uh, he comes out of the uh, Dune squad over there in uh, Union, South Carolina. Another tough uh, group of guys. You know, they're definitely brawlers and they, they're, uh, you know, they always bring the fight. Talk a little bit about this matchup, uh, you know, what you foresee in uh, in this one. I know uh, most likely if you want to get, uh, get it over with early, that way you, you don't take too much damage uh, knowing that if you win, you're going to be going right into this tournament here in just a month. Right. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know a lot about Bradley. Um, I seen his last fight. I, that was really the only thing that I've ever even been able to find on him. Um, I expect him to be tough though. I'm super excited about it. Uh, as far as how the fight's going to play out, I anticipate moving forward the whole time. I want to move forward. I want to press, press the action and keep, uh, keep it at my tempo. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. What would you, what would, for people that haven't, uh, haven't seen you compete before, how would you describe your, your fighting stuff? Mm, fun fun to watch i would say fun. i move a lot i use my feet a lot i move you know what i mean i try to use my hands a lot so i think it'll be ex- ex- exciting for the fans to see well from a matchmaker perspective that's what you that's all you want you know you want to give the, the fans the most exciting fights that you can um so i'm definitely excited to, to see you in action here man uh you know you guys come up from kentucky uh northern kentucky so uh you know not a whole lot of kickboxing opportunities in kentucky currently so uh you know what's it like being able to pretty much find a promotion where you guys can can kind of do uh you know your specialty uh, every month uh i love it i love it that's why the drive is 100 percent worth it you know what I mean? And make the drive every time. Um, just because like you said, the kickboxing scene isn't very big in Kentucky and that's, that's kind of where my heart's at right now. So sure. Like I said, make the drive, make the drive every time. Let's do it. And what would you say your goals are uh, in this thing, both kind of short term and long term? obviously, you know, the one short term goal is to get this win this weekend and do well at this tournament right. next month. But uh, you know, it, after being off for four years, is this something that you're looking to get several amateur fights in, and then make the leap to pro? Maybe just one or two, and then make the leap to pro, uh, or is it something where you're just uh, kind of taking it as it goes, and you're in no rush? Because you know, with how already having 13 MMA fights, you're in only 26 years old. You've got quite a bit of experience already under your belt. Uh, yeah, but the goal is definitely pro. That is in the that in the near future, not necessarily one or two fights. I'm going to fight. Uh, I'd say another three or four, see how it goes, see how I'm feeling, and then we'll evaluate then, you know what I mean? But yeah, the goal is definitely pro. That's uh, on the horizon for sure. Now, you mentioned you've got a teammate on this card, Tyler Hampton. He's also going to be doing a tie fight on this one. Uh, he's already uh, in his bracket for the uh, for the December card. Uh, talk a little bit about him, man. I've heard good things. Uh, you know, I know that's one of your chief sparring partners getting ready for this. What can we expect out of, uh, out of Mr. Hampton? Uh, exciting. Exciting guy to watch. He comes forward. He's he's a hard-headed man, and he comes forward and he imposes his will. That is one thing I can say about him. He does not get tired, and he imposes his will. Very nice, man. Well, I think it's going to be, uh, you know, definitely uh, an entertaining night of fans for uh, an entertaining night of fights uh, for the fans this weekend. Of course, on 20 bouts uh, on tap, it is uh, definitely going to be, uh, you know, uh, not, we're not going to lack for action out there. That is for certain. Uh, let's, uh, you know, let's, uh, let's, let's move forward a little bit. And, uh, you know, obviously you don't want to look uh, past, uh, you know, Bradley Brakefield here, but I'm sure in your mind, you know, you're, you're looking to get this win. You're looking to go get on into to that tournament here next month uh you know what's it like thinking you know again you don't want to think too far ahead but you know the thought of fighting three times in one night uh has got to be both exciting and at the same time kind of like 
wow, you know, I've got, I know I've got to keep myself in just the, the ultimate condition to be able to get through this. Yep, absolutely. I agree. Discipline is uh, the key factor there. Not looking past Bradley Brakefield at all. I'm looking to have a fun time fighting him and, you know, getting that experience in there with him. Uh, but, yeah, absolutely excited about the potential for the three fights in one night. That sounds awesome. What's it Definitely like? What's it like taking four years off uh, mentally? You know, is there, you know, obviously, you know, you've been training, you've been helping get other guys ready for their fights, helping coach and things like that. But, uh, you know, is there any sort of uh, any sort of nerves, I guess, in the back of your head? Like after being gone for four years, like am I, is this all going to come back to me like like it did? Is it going to take some time? Um, I personally feel less nervous now um, than I than I would have back then. I always used to get super nervous and I don't know. I feel like I've lived life a little more. I've experienced some things and also just being sitting from the outside looking in, you know what I mean? It it just gave me a different perspective on it. So I actually come into this pretty calm and, and ready to do it. I'm just focused. That's awesome to hear, man. Before we let you go, I want to uh, let you get some shout outs where they're due. If there's any uh, friends, training partners, family, sponsors, uh, anybody that's kind of helped you get to get to this point that you want to give some love to, I'll let you do that. And then uh, finish us off by letting our listeners know where they can follow you on social media to keep up with your career. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, I'd like to shout out Jeff Johnson, obviously, for being, you know, head coach and, and really helping me push myself through this camp. Um, Juggernaut Boxing, Triple Crown MMA, Justice Bumpus, Tyler Hampton, Daniel Kilburn with Gorilla, uh, Gorilla Visuals. I'd like to thank him as well for getting some promotional stuff done for me. I mean, there's a the list goes on and on and on, you know what I mean? But And, uh, and where can we find you on social media? Uh, Facebook. I'm on Facebook. I'm also on Instagram. I don't really do the Twitter thing, but Facebook and Instagram, Sean Nickel. I'm on there. Awesome, man. Well, definitely excited to have Triple Crown back in the house this weekend. Excited to see how you do as you get ready to to uh, punch your ticket to that uh, to that tournament here next month. And uh, man, we we're just really looking forward to it a, a whole lot. Uh, if you want to come to the fights, you can get tickets at fighterticks.com. Make sure you select Sean's name from the drop down menu so he gets credit. And if you can't make it in person, you can watch the pay-per-view live on the vfcmma.com website. That'll have the link. Uh, man, Sean, we appreciate Appreciate the time and uh, safe travels down here. We'll see you uh, very shortly. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. All right. Thanks so much to Sean Nickel for joining us. You can catch him again this weekend at the VFC 75 card in Knoxville. And uh, without further ado, let's jump into uh, what y'all came for. And that is your Valor preview and predictions uh, with our picks panel. And I'll join them. uh, We will welcome them all in now. It is, uh, of course, my co-host, Justin Watson, uh, now on the line with us. He is going to be the uh, the tally keeper, if you will. And, uh, of course, our three uh, prognosticators that we have this evening, the usual suspects, the voice of our Jeff Hobbs, as well as a uh, commentary uh, extraordinaire, Greg Hopkins and Chad, the Freak Finnerty. And we are going, uh, we're, Justin, where do we stand as we uh, roll into this one? So coming into this one, Hobbs is in the lead with 55 points, followed by Greg with 53 and Chad with 47. 
All right, so Chad looking to pick up the pick up the pick it up right here, and there's lots of fights to do it, man. This is a big card, so uh, we'll go ahead and jump into it. Uh, of course, uh, I'll give the rundown of each fight. Justin will uh, take it from there as far as keeping up with our order uh, of who's going to pick when, and uh, we start things off as we are apt to do with uh, one slap grappling match. It's 155 pounds, and it'll be the first time for both these guys doing the slap grappling. But we have seen uh, Peyton Newton a couple times in kickboxing. So, of course, it's Peyton Uten out of Dustin Koppel's National Martial Arts in Oak Ridge, Tennessee. Last time out, on the losing end of a kickboxing uh, match against Chance Keller, who uh, was much more uh, much more uh, experienced than him coming into that. Uh, showed a lot of toughness. Uh, cardio seemed to fade a little bit in the second and third rounds, but uh, took some tough shots and never, from what I recall, I don't think he ever went down. Um Peyton is, uh, of course, trained by Dustin Koppel and is a blue belt in BJJ. He'll take on Tristan Pack. This will be his first time competing at all. And uh, I should say his uh, his nickname, as he told me, is the Flying Hawaiian Tristan Pack. He is uh, also a blue belt. And again, this will be his first time competing in, in anything um, as far as, uh, you know, combat goes. And he is representing premier martial arts. First time we've had a premier fighter in a minute, uh, unless you count his his instructor, which is uh, also on the card, but representing KMAA. And that's Parker Wadman. So uh, Tristan Pack trains with uh, Parker Wadman there. Both guys, blue belts. They're going to slap and they're going to grapple. All right, we'll get started. And the draw, the draw is on the table here for, for selections. All right. We get started with with Jeff. I'm going with the blue belt, Peyton. Mm. All right, Greg. Uh, I was hoping Tim didn't say anything, but I was going to go with the draw. All right, Chad. I am going to go with Parker Wadman's protege, Tristan Pack. All right. So we're all over the board here. Yep, one for each uh, each possible result. Yeah, I like it. I like it. All right, moving on. We have four uh, tie fights on this card before we move to the MMA. And there are this is an interesting group of tie fights because uh, we've got all types here. We've got uh, the to, to lead us off. It's going to be featherweights, 145 pounds, and our three two minute rounds on these tie fights. We have got Bud Cook, who is making that long trek from Wilmington, North Carolina. We've seen him lots of times in MMA, of course. This is his first time doing tie. So he is a tie debut, but has 11 or 12 um, MMA fights to his credit. Looking for that first win, though, here and uh, switching it up off the ground. He's been you know, subject to getting submitted uh, in a lot of his MMA fights, so he's going to get to stay in a bang here against his opponent, who is 1-0 out of Shield Systems there in Knoxville, Tennessee, Joseph Hishme. And uh, Joseph, he, he debuted um, early. It was before COVID. It was in the spring, and he won, uh, from what I recall, he won a decision over an independent fellow um, and, uh, of course, trained by uh, Ben Harrison and uh, Amy Coleman, Scott Holtzman, those guys over there at Shield Systems, great camp. Uh, he'll be giving up a lot of experience here to the slugger Bud Cook. All right, Greg. Uh, I'll keep this short and sweet. Uh, uh, Shield Systems are on fire, man. I'm going to go with uh, with Joseph here. Chad? I want Bud to get a victory, but I just I just don't see how he can do it. I'm going to go with Shield Systems as well. Hobbs? Uh, just like Greg's sex life, I'm going to keep it short as well, and I'm going Hishma. All right, that's sweet. 
All right, up next, welterweight in action in uh, Thai fight here. It's 170 pounds. It is the debut of Austin Nations, who we – it was an interesting story last time. Austin was supposed to fight Bronson Bazorgi at the last show. He didn't show up to the early weigh-ins, and I started getting that – that feeling that maybe he wasn't going to, he wasn't going to come. And so I replaced him at the last minute with uh, one of the Boyd brothers, but then he ended up showing up at the, at the ceremonial weigh-ins. So uh, there's, I guess a bit of confusion there and he he's ready and locked in to do this when he's an independent fighter out of Copper Hill, Tennessee, uh, making his debut at everything. First time he's just kind of one of these guys that wants to try it out. We'll see how it goes for him against triple crown uh, MMA juggernaut boxings, Tyler Hampton out of uh, Florence, Kentucky up there near Louisville. Uh, Hampton, more of a grappler, actually. I believe he's a brown belt in BJJ. He's had some MMA fights, but this will be his first tie fight. And uh, he is looking uh, to get in there and make quick work of nations as he is entered in the eight-man 170-pound bracket for uh, the tie tournament next month, December the 4th. All right, Chad, get us started. Tyler Hampton. Hobbs? Hampton. Greg? I'll be Hampton as well. Two sweeps in a row. Okay. This next one is is one that I is probably the fight that I have the least amount of information on on the whole card. And it is a catchweight bout at 165 pounds, still tie. And we have the debuting Isaac Almond, who is representing a G1 martial arts down in Varnell, Georgia. They brought us a couple guys. They brought us a guy, um, you know, uh, back in the spring that uh, – trying to think uh, who he fought. Did he, he may have fought against uh, uh, the kid from Highestan that, that went off the grid. Man, his name ev- evades me now, but th- this will be Isaac's first fight. G1 more of a, a traditional martial arts school. Uh, they say he's super tough and, uh, and ready to get in there and see what this is about. And he is going to be taking on Taylor Rodriguez. Rodrigue, I'm going to say. I'm going to say Rodriguez. He is uh, is from Bon Muay Thai, also making his debut out of Greenville, South Carolina. Uh, bon Muay Thai is uh, an offshoot, I believe, of that UFC gym in Greenville. And uh, they've, they're going to have several fighters coming out next month for uh, the Thai show. They they did have a fighter, Kyle Pacini, that fought um, a couple shows back. And he, he did lose a decision, but he, he looked very technical and sharp. So uh, I don't know. That may be what we get uh, out of Mr. Uh, Taylor Rodriguez as well. We'll see. This one's. Uh, kind of a, the mystery fight. All right, we'll start with Hobbs. Uh, mystery fight. I am going to go with the Thai gym in the Muay Thai fight. So I'm going with Taylor. What's that last name? I'm going to, we're going to probably have to confirm, but it's either, I've been calling him Rodriguez, but it could just be Rodriguez. Yeah. Yeah, that, that guy. I'm going with him. Okay, Greg. Rodriguez? That sounds pretty cool, too. Uh, sure. But, yeah, just like Jeff said, uh, Muay Thai Gym at South Carolina. I'm going to go with uh, with Taylor on this one. All right, Chad. I'm going to go a little different. I'm going to go with Isaac on this one. All right. Chad varies from the pack. 
Now, I know I say uh, old Jonathan Blackwell from down in Chattanooga seems to know this Isaac Allman. And he says that he's a, he says he's a badass. So I will take, we'll, you know, take that for what it is. But uh, there's at least one guy saying that he's pretty tough. Uh, all right. In uh, the last uh, the last fight on the prelims here, our final tie fight. This will be a qualifier for the final slot in our 145 tournament next month at the Joe uh, for that title. It's going to uh, be one of these guys moving on to take on a very very tough Travel Boone in the first round of that tournament, but it'll be Bradley Brakefield, a guy that we're uh, very familiar with. This is his tie debut. Now he's uh, four and five in MMA, a guy that we've just seen a lot over the last year. He stayed very busy, fought some of the toughest guys out there and, uh, and beaten and beaten half of them. And uh, the other half, he either typically gets submitted or he loses decisions. So uh, he's excited to go out there and throw hands and feet and, and all that stuff. And, uh, and, you know, just bang it out. Of course, representing Paul, Teague's uh, Goon Squad, No Mercy MMA in Union, South Carolina. He'll be taking on a teammate of Tyler Hampton out of Triple Crown Boxing, jug- I'm sorry, Triple Crown MMA Juggernaut Boxing in Florence, Kentucky. Sean Nickel is uh, Bradley Brakefield's opponent, also making his tie debut. Uh, he's been on the shelf for about four years. We just spoke to him in our interview prior to these picks here. But uh, again, representing Triple Crown Boxing, uh, I'm sorry, Triple Crown MMA, Juggernaut Boxing, Florence, Kentucky. He's been cornering lots of his teammates that have been coming up over the past few shows, like Jesse Romans, Justice Bumpus, uh, you know, Daniel Kilburn, some of those guys. But now he's going to get in there himself. He's been out of the out of the cage for four years, and uh, this being his first tie fight, but he was. Uh, um, he was eight and four, uh, eight and four, nine and four as an MMA fighter. Uh, still just 26 years old. So four year break here. We'll see if he's got some rust as he takes on a guy that's been very, very active in Bradley Brakefield. All right, Greg. The uh, thing about Bradley Brakefield is he's like real gritty. And when it comes to like takedowns, I think he's pretty good at like making comebacks and fights and showing his heart. Uh, his stand-up game is decent, but it's not as crisp as I'd like it to be in a Muay Thai fight, so I'm going to go with Sean Nichols for that reason. Okay, Chad? Yeah, I'm going to go with Sean Nichols as well. He just comes from that gym up there. That, that I mean, that's what they do is that Muay Thai, so um, I'm going to go with Nichols. And Hobbs? Yeah, I like Brakefield. Uh, he's tough, but I think it's just going to be kind of just some some wide looping, uh, you know, swing for the fences type shots. And uh, nickel, I think it's just going to be more precise and crisp. So I'm going nickel as well. All right, sleep for nickel. Moving on to our MMA portion of the show. Man, this is solid. This is a really good card, guys. Uh, we, we open it up with Bantamweights, 135 pounds, moving to three three-minute rounds with the MMA. Uh, we've got a, a couple newcomers here, man. Uh, first time that we've hosted both of these guys, and the first time we've hosted one of these gyms, it is Jake Johnson, 0-1, coming in representing Indian Land MMA. Uh, over in Indian land, North Carolina. And he is uh, a blue belt and originally scheduled to face Brandon Garner uh, from KMAA on this card. Garner pulled uh, about two weeks ago or so. And now he will face the late replacement, John Lamia, who is one and two out of Jim O in Gastonia, North Carolina. Uh, solid gym over there at Jim O. Uh, you know, Scott Holtzman does a lot of cross training over there. Brian Barberina, um, you know, just a, a bunch of really tough guys uh, out of Jim O. And, uh, you know, and I'm not exactly sure, but I'm pretty sure, both, uh, pretty positive both these guys are blue belts. Um, so a pretty nice little opener here on the MMA side. All right, Chad. 
I'm going to go with John Lamia because um, he's got one win under his belt at the Jake's 0 1, so I'm going to go with John to get another one. Hubs? Yeah, I like Lamia's uh, win. I like his three total fights, and I love his gym and his training partners. So I'm going with Russell Lamia. Greg? Greg? Dynamite drop. Sorry, I'm going with Lamia. (laughs) All right, so everybody goes for Lamia there? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. About two. Uh, about two business begins to pick up. It is a catch weight, 220 pounds. And uh, again, from here, everything is MMA. We have got Antonio Holt, uh, 0-1 out of Boyd Brothers MMA, Atlanta, Georgia. We saw him make his debut at the last show. Uh, a quick kind of a flash knockout loss to Torres Finney. They they didn't like that stoppage. There was some, uh, some cl- complaining about that being an early stoppage afterwards. So he was ready to get right back to it. Uh, solid wrestling background out of uh, the Atlanta area. I, I believe they told me that he had done well in like state championships um, down in Atlanta. Uh, so he will be taking on the debuting John Hampton, who is, oddly enough, a teammate of Torres Finney out of Agogi Combatives in Chattanooga, Tennessee. His first fight, I'm sure Torres has been able to give him a little bit of insight, but not too much because that fight only lasted less than 15 seconds. So uh, Holt looking to get that taste out of his mouth against the debuting John Hampton, uh, this time at 220, though, instead of 205. All right, this time we'll start with Hobbs. Okay. Um, I think me and Greg have pretty much stayed... uh, neck and neck on all these picks. Well, you know who he's picking here. Yeah, I know who he's picking here. So I think I can take a shot with Holt to go up another one, or I can afford to lose one and still be a couple ahead. So I'm going Holt. All right, Greg. I appreciate that charity <laughs> that you gave him because John Hampton, he's he's not a monster yet. He's still green, but uh, he's a big boy. Uh, it'll be a lot. I think it'll be a better fight than it was with Feeney and uh, and Holt. But uh, I got Hampton here. Shed, we'll go Holt in his wrestling. All right. So it looks like Greg stands alone with Hampton there. Interesting. Um, up next, big boys, heavyweights throw down at a maximum weight of 265 pounds. We've got the teammate of Jake Johnson. David is another name we're going to have to get confirmation on. I'm going to call him ah, shit, man. How about Suclea? Suclea? Shit, man. I, 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 apologize, I apologize, David, uh, in advance. Yeah, feel free to run me down the road at weigh-ins, but if you would, just let me know how to pronounce your name so we don't fuck it up again. Uh, Come on, man. But, but message David, him on the side, Tim. Message, send him a message. Yeah, right. We need a phonetic pronunciation. Yeah, right. Yeah, this is a tough one. Uh, I can see a few different ways you could go, but I'm going to say David Suclea for now until I stand corrected. He is one and two out of the aforementioned Indian land MMA in Charlotte, North Carolina. And uh, first time that we've hosted him. So I don't really have much information beyond that. I believe that uh, he is a white belt, I think. Uh, and he is taking on Josh Denham, who is 0-1. And, and he is out of uh, Ian Lawler's Somerset Martial Arts in Somerset, Kentucky. Last time we saw Josh Denham, uh, he was looking to avenge his teammate, Taylor Burton's loss to C.J. Baker down in Chattanooga a few months ago, but he ended up on the wrong side of that one with C.J. Baker. 
Baker uh, scoring the knockout in the first round. But CJ uh, Baker's knocked out everybody in the first round. So from what I recall, though, Denham was was very game. He you know he's he's a young buck. He's uh, athletic and uh, pretty good movement in there. He just uh, ran into a really big Hulk in CJ Baker. So he'll look to right the ship here. Yeah, I, I also would like an audio file of uh, the David character's name before yeah. uh, Friday. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> let's see. We'll start with Greg this time. Uh, with the performance he put on with CJ Baker, I, I kind of got to go with him here, Josh Denham. He was he was froggy. I recall that. Mm-hmm. Chad, yeah, I'm gonna go with Denham as well. He was he was impressive. I thought it was gonna be. Uh, a little bit more lopsided, but he, he got in there and went toe-to-toe with CJ as long as he could. Hobbs? Oh, what are we picking? I'm still trying to figure. Um, this is the heavyweights, about eight. Yeah, Both the other okay. two went with yeah. him. I'm sorry. I'm still trying to. I can, I've got a pronunciation, but I have to hit the play button, and I won't be able to hear it. Um, <laughs> I'd like to hear it. Can you play it where we can all hear it? Uh, that's what I'm, I don't know if I can. Hold on. Uh, let's try it, guys. All right. I'm going to hit play. Okay, that's not going to work. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to figure this shit out. I'm taking the other guy, though. Get him. <laughs> okay. All right. Sweet for Denim there. <laughs> All right. Up next, it's middleweight action, 185 pounds. It's the debuting Hunter Spring. Uh, is He's out of the UFC gym in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. Uh, several of his teammates were on this last uh, – well, actually, not the last card, card before last. Uh, they always come uh, come to come to brawl, man. Uh, they're, they're typically in good shape, uh, tough guys. Um you know, they, they're about 50 50, it seems like, and their uh, their wins and losses. But uh, again, Hunter Spring makes his debut out of the UFC gym in Murfreesboro. He'll take on the 1 0 George Lowe, who is representing uh, uh, Ray Thompson's upstate karate in Simpsonville, South Carolina. We saw him make his debut back in Chattanooga in September with a first round win over Dalton Smith. Uh, Lowe looks like the goods, man. I, you know, it's early, it's only been one fight for him. Uh, but for a guy that doesn't have a background per se in wrestling or, or martial arts, and he's you know he's only been at this for about a year, man. Yeah, I was pretty impressed with uh, yeah, his his physicality and his athleticism and uh, skill in his debut. Hey guys, right. you ready? Hold on, I'm ready. Oh, let's hear it, David. Sayukli. 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 Well, Sayukli. I don't know about that. I, I would I would hit him up and have him just send you an audio clip right. of him saying it. Sayukli, yeah. guys. Sayukli. No, no, Jeff. Sayukli. I'm going to say you just go with that, no matter what. Sayukli. Let's just roll the dice. Well, that's what the fucking <laughs> CNC says. <laughs> fucking the CNC says Sayukli. Sayukli. <laughs> Oh, that could be it. Okay, well, we'll find out. Uh, and okay, uh, let's get these. Uh, okay, uh, Hunter Spring and George Love. All right, we're gonna start with Chad on this one. I went against George Lowe on his last fight, and I mean that, that dude was impressive. Um, so I'm gonna go with George on this one. Hobbs, uh, George Lowe, absolutely. Greg, yeah, I gotta side with George Lowe on this one as well. Another sweep. We got a lot of lot of sweeps on this one. We do. I think that's going to change pretty soon, though. Like maybe even after this fight. Uh, up next, featherweight, 145 pounds. Uh, we've got the debuting Russell House, who is the owner and instructor 
at the School of Martial Arts in Oak Ridge, Tennessee. Uh, this is his first fight, and he hit me up. He said he was ready. He's wanted to give this thing a shot. Uh, more from a traditional martial arts background, I'm guessing, uh, with, with the name of his school and uh, just the fact that I haven't had any MMA fighters fight out of there. He is a tall guy. He's like six foot one. At 145. So that's going to make an interesting matchup against the four and two ninja Nick Wigley out of KMAA. This is our first KMAA fighter of the evening. Uh, Knoxville, Tennessee. Uh, Nick coming off of a loss in his last time out in September, uh, submitted in the first round by the reigning and defending Andrew Sturdivant, uh, the champion at 45. That was a title fight. Uh, Wigley uh, came up short in that one. He'll be looking to bounce back here against the towering Russell House. Uh, before we get started here, did uh, any of you guys know that uh, Hunsucker was on the Contender Series tonight? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's fighting like soon, like in a right now. Five minutes. Right, oh, is it right now? Right now. Yeah, I'm, I've got it on my laptop as we're well, playing. Go Harry. I hope Harry. I just, I just looked up and he's walking in the cage. I didn't have oh, any yeah. idea about that. Yeah, he took it like last week. He took it like on a week notice. Nice. All right, uh, we're starting with Hobbs this time. Uh, I'll take Hunsucker. <laughs> what about House or Wiggly? Oh, okay, my bad. Uh, how, how tall? How tall did you say Russell he's, House was? He's six one. Hey, how old? How old was Russell House? Russell House. Oh man, if you'll uh, give me a moment, I will. Uh, I'll look that up. Hold on, just a, just a sec. Well, go ahead. It makes no bearing on my fucking decision how sure. old he is, because um, I'm going with Nick Wiggly anyway. Um, Russell House is 27 years old, and he. Oh has, shit! Never mind. I'm going with House. Yeah, and he is trained, <laughs> and he is trained for 13 years. Oh shit! Uh, says he's trained in Wing Chun, Taekwondo, kickboxing, and some BJJ. Since he was 14. Since he was 14. Okay. All right, Greg. Uh, I'm going to go with Nick Wigley. Yeah, you're done, Jeff. You're done. Dad? Yeah, I'm going to have to go with Nick. I mean, the other guy owns his own gym, traditional martial arts, but Nick gets the whole (laughs) all-around everything at KMA. If they were doing a karate fight, okay, it's a toss-up, but, you know, this is everything included. Nick's going to get this one. I might add, Nick Wigley also owns his own traditional martial arts school with uh, TTJC, Taekwondo, and Maryville. Boom. There you it's go. A, it's a battle of the dojo masters. <laughs> Just cool. for what it's worth, the guy that Huntsucker's fighting looks like dog shit. But yeah, uh, um, so everybody went with uh, Wiggly on that one. Okay. Up next, we have a light heavyweight bout, 205 pounds, uh, a couple guys that we we know. Uh, we have D'Angelo Johnson, who is 1-0. He made his debut on the Chattanooga card in September with a first-round win over Gary Taylor. And at that point, he was... He wasn't with Blaylocks, but now he is with Blaylocks. For that fight, he it was the East Ridge Fight Club group, which is pretty much him and CJ Baker and and Keon Jones. But uh from what I recall from his MMA fight, he had he had he was repping some East Ridge wrestling. Um and so I believe he he may have wrestled there with CJ at East Ridge. Um and he looked like he had a little bit of wrestling there. And uh now he's joined up with Chet Blaylock at at uh at Blaylock's IMB down in Fort Oglethorpe, Georgia. And uh, it'll be interesting to see what uh, Mr. Blaylock has added to his arsenal. He'll be taking on CJ Talent, who is one and two out of the 
Wolves Den Martial Arts in Madisonville, Tennessee trains with Adam Sylvie and Chad Finnerty, who's on our panel. So I bet we know who he's going to pick. CJ is, uh, you know, he's a brawler, man. He's heavy handed. He's got a good chin. He's got a good uh, uh, aggressiveness to him. Uh, he's always looking to finish. Uh, has has uh, historically been uh, a little bit outmanned on the mat. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see if Angelo looks to use his wrestling and get him there. But even if he does, does he have the submission prowess, you know, to do much with him? Uh, CJ's a handful to, to try to corral. So uh, yeah, I'm kind of interested in this one. All right, we'll start with uh, Greg on this one. I'm going to have to go with D'Angelo Johnson just because he's coming out of Blaylock's, and I know that uh, Blaylock's not going to let anybody in there that ain't ready yet, so got to take him over CJ. Chad? Uh, definitely going with CJ here. I think um, I think CJ has improved on the ground and in, in every aspect. Um, I think CJ gets it done early. Well... Hobbs, D'Angelo, that dude was a fucking stud. That dude was, yeah. He had a he had the best beard in the house. I remember that. Yeah, I'm going with D'Angelo Johnson. I mean, that thing was nice. All right, Chad takes <laughs> Chad takes town on that one. The other two with Johnson. Up next, man. From here, it's all just. Really fucking good. Uh, Bantamweight fight, 135 pounds. We have got Sean Smiles Paragoy returning to the cage after what I believe to be about a two or three year layoff. Last time he fought was when we did the co promotion down in Rome, Georgia, with uh, with Jared and uh, Andrew with conflict. And Sean Paragoy fought that evening, uh, but he hasn't fought since. Uh, he's three and one out of Team Ram, which is the Renaissance. Uh, martial arts team there in Lynchburg, uh, Virginia. This will be the first of a few uh, Virginia uh, representatives on this card, and they're not the Southwest Virginians. They're the up more the upstate Virginians from uh, some pretty damn good gyms up there. So I'm really excited to see uh, you know how uh, how these guys do. Now Sean is uh, again he, he's taking off uh, he's taking off a few years, and so uh, it'll be interesting to see how he does uh, on this on this return against uh, a very tough opponent and a guy that's gotten some momentum here as of late, and that is the Seagoat, Anthony Cochran, 4-4, four and four, KMAA out of Knoxville, our uh, favorite pirate. And, uh, man, I tell you what, his last time out at 135, he looked great against Dustin Garrett, who is, you know, a tough out. Dustin Garrett's looked pretty good. You know, Dustin Garrett's won his fights with the exception of that one. And uh, kind of Dustin was kind of known for having that motor nonstop, wanting to grapple, grapple, grapple. And Anthony... Uh, uh, he just he just kept that pace, which is a pretty tough pace. And for, and also Anthony at 135 has looked just shredded diesel. Like it, there's no doubt that's where he should have been all along. And uh, I think even though he's four and four, things are, that's a little deceiving just with like the momentum that he's got at this point. Um, I'll say that uh, though that uh, Sean Paraguay, you know, he's he's a guy that has had titles. You know, he he won the conflict. He was the conflict 135 uh, champion back uh, the, the last time he fought, even though that's been three years. So uh, this this is an interesting one. All right, start with uh, Chad on this one. Anthony just looks too good at 135. Um, until he shows me something to doubt him at that weight, uh, I'm gonna keep riding with the Seagulls. Hobbs? Uh, goes one of those guys, uh, kind of like Sturdivant. It's up and down, man. Just one week or one month he looks good. The next month he slips. Uh, I'm afraid to pick him because he looked really good last month or last time we saw him. So, But 
I shall stay the course and go with uh, the fucking scallywag Anthony Cobb. <laughs> All right, Greg. Uh, damn. Man, every time I pick against Anthony, he wins. And every time I pick with him, he loses. And I, my heart's with Anthony because, like, I don't like that kid. You can't hate him. You can't can't feel bad. You can't feel good picking against, against him. But, uh, Greg. I'm going to because I want him to win, but I'm about to go with Sean Paraguay. All right. So Hobbs and Chad take Cochran. Greg with Paraguay. And Hunsucker looked good on the feet. Then it went to the ground with like a minute left to go in the first round, a minute and a half, and he got finished. Oh, that's too bad. Well, I knew that his opponent was a, was a, was a black belt. Yeah, he, just, he just punched him out on the ground pretty quick. He was tagging him, though. I mean, yeah, Hunsucker did good on the feet. All right. Up next, we have got a 205-pound number one contender bout. The winner of this one will be in line for that light heavyweight strap, which is vacant at the moment. Um, and we've got a, a, a really, a really good one here. It is going. Oh, man, I skipped ahead. I'm sorry. I apologize, guys. I was looking at the wrong thing. Uh, our next one, I'm sorry, is actually a welterweight bout. And set for 170 pounds, we have got Sean Milks who is representing Eight Corners MMA out of Orange, Virginia. Uh, Sean Milks comes into this fight at 1-0. He is a BJJ blue belt. And uh, he's a guy that he, he reached out to me. Uh, you know, uh, his fights kept getting canceled. You know, uh, and he he was desperate to get some action, wanted to get down here and, and get a fight. Uh, 24 years old. He's from uh, up towards the coast, more like Richmond. So it's a pretty good haul for Mr. Sean Milks. And uh, he is one and oh, and he'll be taking on uh, man, he's taking on a blue chipper. He is taking on Selden Wright, who is also from Virginia. So you, we've got two guys. Uh, now, Selden's from Norfolk uh, or is it Norfolk? Norfolk, Virginia. Uh, he's one and zero. So both these guys come in a pretty good haul down here uh, to to Tennessee to duke it out. Uh, Selden is one and zero and twenty three years old and a, a Division one wrestler at Old Dominion, which is nothing to scoff at. So uh, Selden Wright, obviously a blue chip wrestler, big prospect coming in here to take on Sean Milks, uh, who has has been at the MMA game longer. So we'll see if uh, he's got some tricks up his sleeve. He says he's he says he does. Uh, so we got Selden Wright, and uh, he represents uh, Diego Bispo Academy in uh, in Norfolk. Right, He's on Sean, Sean Milks from Eight Corners. Well, I know you've made uh, Greg and Chad cream their jeans right there. So uh, oh, oh. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with <laughs> Selden Wright. Hey, well, hold on though. I think I got a typo here. Did you? Where did the uh, Eight Corners at? What what city is it's, it? It's in uh, it's in Louisa, Virginia, which is essentially Orange, Virginia. It's it's up towards Richmond. Oh, do I need to keep Louisa here? Yeah, yeah Louisa is is the is the is what he wants to come out to. Okay, all right. I'm sorry for diverting. I, uh, Selden Wright, the wrestler. All right, Greg. Wait, who's the wrestler now from Old Dominion? Selden Wright. It is Selden Wright from Norfolk. Okay, that's who I want. I'll <laughs> give me him. Right. <laughs> give me that guy. Yeah. Chad? Yeah, give me the wrestler. I assumed as much. Another uh, sweep there. Okay. 
Wow, let's see here. Up next, uh, we uh, that's where our intermission lies, and then we come back and we've got uh, 135 fight, another really good one. Jacob Romano, eight and five, out of uh, Upstate Karate in Simpsonville, South Carolina. Uh, he is. Uh, uh, another uh, teammate of George Lowe trains there with Wonder Boy and those guys at uh, Upstate Karate, and uh, he's going to be taking on the undefeated five and O Jackson Donovan from KMAA Knoxville, Tennessee. And uh, I tell you, man, uh, Donovan's a kid that uh, you know he's he's one of these guys that's been on the rise. He's been uh, you know submitting every no fight I believe has gotten past the second round. He's got all finishes. This will definitely be a big step up though against uh, Jacob Romano, who uh, at eight and five has got more experience. Uh, I would say then maybe all of Jackson Donovan's opponents combined. Uh, last time out, Jacob uh, lost to Randall Austin, um, and that's been about over, that's been over a year. So he, uh, you know, Jacob's been out for over a year. May have some cage rust. Jackson has has stayed pretty. Uh, he stayed pretty active. Um, and it looks like Jacob Romano has fought some tough guys, even though in losses, he, he lost to Chase Boutwell. He lost to Akeem Bashir. Those are two pros. Lost to Dylan Calla. That's another good pro. So uh, several of his, uh, pretty much all of his losses have been to, to top tier talent. So I expect this to be a, a really close fight. All right, Greg. I'm going to have to go with old Tom Brady Jr., Jackson Donovan, he's five and zero. He is Donovan coming in hot. You know, and Donovan's a young buck, man. I think Donovan's only nineteen, maybe. He's a tough yeah. kid, man. Thumbs yeah. up. Uh, yeah, Jackson's a tough kid. Um, it actually, it actually hurts me to go against KMA on this one, but uh, I think Jacob's going to be a little bit too tough of a challenge for that Jackson in this one, and I think Jackson gets his first loss. Wow. All right, Hobbs. Jackson Donovan. Book it. Book it. Chad, going in the other direction. Everybody else with Donovan. All right. Yeah, I think this is a really interesting one. It is just, uh, you know, uh, it's, it's a good jump up for Jackson. But that said, Jackson's not shown – He's not. He's gotten guys out of there that he's supposed to get out of there the way he's supposed to get them out of there. So he hasn't shown any like hole yet. So it'll be interesting to see uh, how this one goes. Um, all right, now on to the fight that I, I tried to tell you guys about earlier, but it wasn't time yet. Now it's time. Light heavyweight number one contender fight, and uh, this one is. Uh, this is. I'm excited for this one. We've got Tristan Scarborough. He's two and zero. Oh. Is representing Fearless Fighting in Greenville, North Carolina. Uh, you know, Tristan comes in here uh, undefeated, man, two and zero in both of his uh, fights. Um, he got his he got his opponent out of there in uh, or TKO, and so uh, both of them stoppages. Uh, he is uh, twenty four years old, six foot tall, and uh, this will be. Uh, you know, his first time of him or his his team coming uh, to fight with us. So uh, he, he's going to be taking on uh, a guy that, that I'm very familiar with. You guys may not be as much as it's been a minute since he's been on the scene, but Josh Cumby, my man, Josh Cumby returns to the cage after three years, almost uh, to the to the to the day. Like um, it was like three years and two weeks uh, since uh, he had his last fight, which was a conflict um, and he lost that fight he, he's six and three coming into this 25 years old six feet tall and uh out of Rincon, georgia and uh man yeah Cumbie's a guy that you know, he's he's done very well in the valor cage uh you know he also did the umaf national championship tournament uh, a few years back um 
he, he's got a win over Tevin Brown. If you guys remember old Tevin Brown that fought, um, that fought Trevor peak in a couple of really good fights for us. He, uh, he actually uh, KO'd Tevin Brown. So, uh, you know, he, he's definitely a guy that's got a lot of potential, but you know, he's had a baby started a family. It's been a few years. Kedros could be a potential issue. All right. Let's start with uh, Chad on this one. I'm going to go with Josh Cumby. Um, I watched a lot of his film when we were leading up to the Tevin Trevor fight. Um, liked a lot of the things that he did. He's a game kid. Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with Josh. Hobbs. Oddly enough, I remember Josh Cumby. Uh, and I think it was. Uh, what was that? Uh, up in, where was that UMAF thing? The Elizabeth Town? Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, yep. I remember him as well. Yeah. Uh, I'm going with the kid that just started the family. I'm going with Cumby. Greg? I'll go with Cumby as well here. Another sleep. Interesting. All right. Um, up next. We move on, and um, man, it just keeps getting better and better here, guys. We've got, um, after that one, it is going to be a lightweight number one contender fight. So let me set the table a little bit here. Uh, originally supposed to be Brandon McGee versus Alex Pergande for the 155 title, which was held by Dan Bailey who won it by defeating Carter Beekman at the September show. This is all just happened in like a month and a half. That's what's really crazy. Uh, so Dan Bailey wins the bell over Carter Beekman in a spectacular showing in Chattanooga in September, vacates that title to go pros. He'll debut in uh, January. And then it was going to be um, Brandon McGee taking on Alex Pergande for that vacant title. Pergande with a torn shoulder uh, injury about a week ago, maybe a week and a half ago at this point. And uh, so now that fight uh, is off. Um, we're going to have to put it off. And so uh, whoever wins that fight, which will likely be in January, will take on the winner of this fight, uh, which we're going to have as a, a number one contender fight here. And this one is very, very interesting. We've got Ryan Camp, uh, the third contingent of the Indian Land MMA group out of North Carolina. Now, uh, he is taking on Parker Wadman, the Viking. Three and two out of KMAA. Uh, also runs his own premier uh, martial arts. Uh, so he's a lifelong martial artist, very good wrestler, very good motor. Uh, that's one thing about Parker is he doesn't stop coming forward. And, um, you know, uh, I assume we're going to see the same out of uh, the one and zero Ryan Camp, uh, you know, from all reports, uh from uh, talking to his coaches there, uh, Ryan Camp is a guy that they just couldn't get matches for. Like nobody wants to fight this guy. And if you look at the poster, you'll see this guy is absolutely yoked. I mean, he is put together uh, a current uh, college wrestler. And I'll tell you where that is uh, right now here. If you'll bear with me, uh, let's see here. looks like, um, he is a D2 wrestler at Coker. Uh, I'm not for sure how high level that is because I've not heard of Coker before. But Greg may can uh, enlighten us on that. Regardless, you know he can fucking wrestle and he's put together. But he doesn't have the experience of Parker Wadman, who obviously can put it all together with the BJJ and the striking. It's not just wrestling, good motor. Uh, so the winner of this fight will fight the winner of Pergande and McGee down the road. Uh, let's start with Hobbs. Coker wrestling sucks. I'll go ahead and tell you. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, no, 
I have no clue. I don't even know where that's at. Uh, but, uh, you know, the lack of experience, I mean, his wrestling, I think, is going to serve him well. But just like you said uh, and stole my thoughts there, Tim, asshole, yeah. is that I think it's going to put uh, Parker in position to use some very good BJJ from KMAA and, uh, and, and, and possibly sneak out a sub. So I am going Parker Wadman. Greg? Man, I had Parker Wadman circled on my list until he told me that uh, Ryan Kemp was a current, <laughs> current current Division Two wrestler at Coker. And so, is Coker? Know. Tell us about Coker first, Greg. If you know anything, I, think, I mean, I think Coker's ranking the top twenty-five in Division Two. And if your whole team is ranked in the top twenty-five in Division Two, then you're a pretty stellar stout team from top to bottom. That means he's in there working with monsters. Every day, and keep in mind, this is just wrestling, but uh, Parker Walton wants to keep up with that cardio. I can see Parker Walton catching a guillotine or some, some kind of something, but like if, if Ryan Camp is wrestling on a top 25 Division II uh, team right now and he's actually like in preseason training and this is a tune-up for his actual season, that's a big damn tune-up fight, man. Parker Wadman's pretty fucking tough, man. I, yeah. I didn't know. I didn't, I, I, until I got this information, I have Parker Wadman circled on my on my thing because I was all Parker Wadman. But now I got to change it, man. I got to ride that wrestling wrestling dick, man. Uh, Ryan. <laughs> oh, my God. I hope Parker Wadman wins so bad. <laughs> I swear to God. Parker uh, Wadman. Bro, if you win this fight for me and shove this up fucking Greg's ass, I I got some cash for you. I I got some cash for you. (laughs) Please, Parker Wadman. For all things holy, please, God, win. Don't do it. All right. As much as I like just the basic wrestling, um, I ran into this when I ran into uh, Phil Pond. There's a difference between college wrestling background in MMA wrestling. And I think Parker's overall MMA wrestling coupled with the jujitsu, coupled with the striking. Um, I, I think he, I think he may stop a takedown and, and catch him in a sub as well. I'm going with Parker. All right. Greg takes camp. The other two with Parker. Now we're getting some some differing uh, some differing things. I like it. Uh, up next, it is a featherweight bout. This one is 145 pounds, and it is going to be two guys that nobody here is going to know, but I kind of know one of them. Uh, we've got Sam Kilmer, who hit me up on the gram, uh, and he has been another one of these Virginia guys, man. He's desperate to fight. He's like, I got to fight somebody at 145, 155, fight anybody you got. He is uh, he is technically three and zero coming into this fight, but he had two. Uh, you know, he being from Virginia, the Wild West of Virginia, they'll let you fight um, as a teenager, like before you're eighteen down there. So he had two more fights um, that he won uh, that were technically exhibition bouts because he wasn't eighteen at the time. So uh, for all intents and purposes, we're going to call him three and zero here because that is uh, technically what his record is. However, know that he's also had a couple more wins. Uh, he's really had he's really kind of five and zero if you look at his at his uh, pre eighteen bouts. He's only nineteen years old, and he is with Jackson Wink MMA uh, traveling on back here uh, from uh, from Jackson Wink to do this fight because he he hasn't been able to get any fights. Uh, 
Um, he is originally out of Alexandria, Virginia, though, uh, and he is uh, coming off of uh, he's coming off of a win his last time out, which was actually not long ago. Uh, it was uh, it looks like uh, October the third, so about a month ago, he got a win uh, out in Myrtle Beach, and. Um, you know, he's fought on, um, he's fought uh, primarily up in the Virginia area. Um, looks like a submission specialist with all three of his wins coming by Rear Naked Choke. He's loved the Rear Naked Choke. All he's won the nothing but with Rear Naked Chokes. And, and to let it be noted that his three wins are against opponents that are 6 and 0, 5 and 2, and 3 and 0. So he hasn't fought scrubs. He's fighting a guy that, uh, man, this guy's a blast from the past. You guys go real, way back, but uh, back in the 3FC days, probably, Matt Coakley out of North Carolina there. He is a protege of John Allen, uh, who used to be a KMA and uh, moved away to Raleigh, North Carolina. But now uh, uh, Matt Coakley uh, spent, spent some time uh, away from the general public uh, quite, quite a few years. And now he is uh, back out in the general public and he is uh, ready to continue where he left off. Uh, Coakley uh, was nine and four um, uh, in the last time out, though, that he competed was in 2012. So it has been eight years since Matt Coakley has competed. From what I recall, he is a fireplug. He's got a great motor, pretty good wrestling, good chin, uh, fairly decent striking, and has fought just a lot of a lot of tough guys, guys that are pros now. Uh, Matt Coakley was running up against those guys when they were amateurs. So this is like a really interesting fight. It's certainly a clash of two eras here with the young up and comer Kilmer and uh, and the vet Matt Coakley, who's uh, who's been out for uh, for quite some time. <laughs> So on my balance sheet, I have a one and zero for Matt Coakley. What's his actual record? He is nine and four. When you go back, uh, I need to get that changed because uh, that was uh, just going off of tapology. I had I had my assistant do my balance sheet this time, and she's awesome. Like, she does a great job. And I told her that she could find most of these records on tapology. And he's it's been so long since he fought that that's one that is uh, kind of an exception to the rule. I oh, gotcha. All right. So on this one, we will start with. So again, Matt Coakley is nine and four. All right. Start with Greg. Um, nine and four versus a, you said that Sam Kilmer had roughly, I'll go with Sam Kilmer, man. Kilmer is three and O technically three and O officially, but five and O technically we'll say. I'll go with Sam Kilmer just because of the background of the, uh, uh, of, the, of of his of his past fights, his opponent's records and stuff. You see, he ain't fought no scrubs, and he's gone undefeated. So, yeah, I think we're in for a treat here. And trading out of Jackson Wink. All right, Chad. I'm gonna go with Kilmer as well. I like the the youth of Kilmer as opposed to Coakley being out for so long. Hobbs, I just love saying fucking Kilmer. <laughs> 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 Fucking Coach Kilmer. Uh, and I like the fact that he found you on Tinder, too. Um, hey, I'm sorry. One more time. One, I, it's, it's the Instagram, not Tinder, dude. Oh, uh, <laughs> one more. And I apologize. Yet, yet again, another correction. I'm, I swear I'll try to get my shit together here, guys. But Matt Coakley is actually 14 and 6. Whoa. He, he is he has 20 fights, but he's also 35 years old. 14 and 6. Old, Literally old enough to be Kilmer's daddy. Okay. All right. Um, Kilmer was? Yeah, yeah, Kilmer. Yeah, Kilmer. How old did you say Kilmer was, Tim? Kilmer's 19. 19, well. All right, everybody goes with Kilmer. 
Young right. I think this is actually going to be a, a scrap, though. Um, all right, up next. Ooh, I'm looking forward to this one. Uh, this is a catch weight about 195 pounds. Caleb Holt, who is an independent out of Knoxville. Last time out, we saw him uh, lose on the very last show. Actually, um, he he fought um, uh, Chris Kinnett and uh, wasn't able to pick up the win. He's done pretty well when he's kept his standing. When it, whenever guys have stood with him, like he's got kind of decent hands and he makes connections. But then, like both of his losses, he went for a standing guillotine. And and just overcommitted to it, essentially, and didn't finish it and ended up in a bad position. So we'll see if he learns his lesson here as he takes on our buddy, Lee Radford, sexy Lee Radford, who is making his debut out of uh, Maryville, Tennessee, independently fight. Both these guys are independents. Now, Lee has gone over to KMA some for this, but I don't think it has been enough for, for them to, you know, to claim him per se. Now, Lee is, uh, Lee's a guy that I've known for my whole life. He is 44 years old. He, this is kind of a bucket list thing for Lee. So, uh, you're going to get two, two brawlers here. Uh, Lee's going to have a big crowd there. Lee has, um, Lee has sold the whole floor. So, uh, every VIP table on the floor is there for Lee Radford. So it's going to get fucking rowdy with some middle-aged Maryvillians, uh, there, uh, on a Friday night to see their buddy Lee Radford take on Caleb Holt. Caleb Holt also uh, is our CBD guy. He's the guy that has the Sweet Leaf uh, sponsorship. So we, we pointed that out, that out last time I remember. Uh, so both these guys are my buddies. So let me let me preface it with that. Like I consider both these guys friends. So uh, it's one of those fights where, you know, you hate to see one lose, but neither of these guys also really have uh, aspirations of going to the UFC. So more than anything, I just hope we get a good, exciting, fun fight and everybody has a good time. This is going to be a crazy one. I'll get started with Chad. Man, I like Caleb. He's, he's a good dude. But, man, Lee, he he is going to be just absolutely energetic. And this dude's going to come come to put on a show with everybody he's got there. Uh, I think Lee's going to get this one. Hobbs. Well, kudos if he sold the whole floor for saving him to the last four fights. Um, yeah, we got to keep him there, brother. That's right. Strategic matchmaking and placement on the card. I love it. Um, is Lee allowed to drink before the fight? Is anybody watching that? <laughs> it's discouraged, but man, it's like, like if you don't know who Lee is, you could probably be like, it's that Asian dude that bought you a drink. Yeah. Or the one that doesn't give a fuck who the hometown guy is, who, yeah. you know, uh, he's a, he's calling it like he sees it from case. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You, oh, yeah. you fucking lost. <laughs> you fucking lost. Doesn't matter if it's a KMA guy or a hometown yeah. guy or. Hey, you fucking lost that shit. It's bullshit. Yeah, this is one of those that is going to be fun, though. Both these guys oh. like their Marlboro lights. We're going to put a Marlboro light it's in your cage. Be- and whoever gets to it first, whoever wins the fight's gonna get to smoke that bad boy. Well, uh, just give it to me. I'll put it by my I'll put it behind my ear yeah. when I call out the winner. And I'll just hand it to him. Oh, uh, man. man, I just can't see. Uh like Chad was saying, man, it was just that much riding on it and that many people, you know. It's a lot of nerves see. too though. It is, and I hope he just doesn't have that damn adrenaline dump, you know. Oh. Um Ah, shit, man. I'm going with Lee, and and if we get this right, then I know Lee will buy us a drink. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, Greg. I uh, just want to say that, uh, yeah, Lee doesn't give a shit. I, if, you, if you listen to him, <laughs> um, 
I, I believe he was sitting or standing within within ears distance of us. And if you can listen closely to probably the last maybe six or seven fights, mm. he couldn't help but trying to hear us not snicker or laugh <laughs> or, like, or even converse with the guy behind us because this guy, like you could hear him say something about one fighter and then you hear a girl go, that's my boyfriend. He's like, I don't give a fuck. He sucks. And then you hear <laughs> say something about another fighter. He's like, hey, man, that guy saved my life once. And he was like, he's still a piece of shit, man. You know, I was like, wow. I was like, so this guy really doesn't give a shit. And I actually seen the picture he sent in to uh, Brian Picks, uh, our online ticket sales guy. Uh, I seen the picture he sent him. And I was like, <laughs> God, man. But here's the thing. I hope he takes this whole thing very serious from the moment his music starts playing to when he goes into the cage because Caleb Holt's taking it serious. And to be real, I, I, I don't know if Lee has ever played a sport in his life, but uh, he definitely talks the game. And uh, it seems like he kind of kind of knows what he's talking about as far as the, as, as the fighters are and the game how it goes. So uh, I'm going with Lee Radford on this, man. All right, another sweep. All right. Now we come to our first of three title fights. And uh, up first, it's going to be the flyweight title on the line. This will be our first flyweight champion that we've had in a long minute. So it's vacant, to say the least. And uh, this really could be the first time that we've had two fights that I felt like two guys that, that are like regular 25ers that like are worthy of fighting for it that aren't teammates, essentially. So uh, we've got Kyle Lindner. He is 3-0. and uh, We saw him last time out with a very quick submission over Nick Ferguson, who is a shared opponent of both of these guys. Uh, Lindner 3-0 out of Team Flow State in New Milford, Connecticut. Now, we've talked about Kyle last time. Um, he came down a week before that fight and um, and uh, and trained with Shield Systems for about a week. They cornered him. He, he went out there and made quick work of Nick Ferguson. And instead of going back to Connecticut, he just fucking stayed here. So he, he stayed here the entire month from September, the whatever we ran in September till, uh, I'm sorry, October. I was October fourth, uh, maybe, uh, till till now, and uh, has been training with Shield Systems over there, getting good work in. He's really like fit into that group over there very well. Uh, hard to say from what we saw in the first fight because it was so quick, but obviously good wrestling, good submissions from uh, Kyle Lindner. He'll be taking on Rocket Ray Hewlett, a guy that we've seen a lot this year, four and two at a KMAA, uh, probably the tallest flyweight you'll see. Man, Rocket Ray is about uh, six feet tall at one twenty five. Another guy that. Uh, uh, you know, he, he likes to snatch up guillotines, triangles with those long legs, uh, an opportunistic grappler. But in his last fight, he, he wanted to show off his striking some of that, whipping out head kicks and things like that. So definitely evolved. And for a guy that started at 0-2, Ray is now one four in a row to get to this 4-2 and two, and uh, definitely worthy of this title opportunity. I guess third Hobbs. <laughs> Uh, man, I like that. I like that Linder kid a lot, man. It just, you know, goes to show you how serious he takes this, that, you know, he, he comes down for a fight and a trip and just stays and just sets up shop, you know, probably, I don't know who the hell is he staying with? He just, I mean, couch surfing or, or I have no idea. I think he just got, he said he just, he found a place for the month. So, you know, wow. that can't be cheap, you know, to, no. to come down here and live for a month and train at shield systems for a month. And, you uh, know, yeah. it showed some dedication. Yeah. I love the dedication, man. This is, I mean, this is the awesome fight. This is a great fight. I, I'm, I'm taking lender, uh, but I'm excited for this one. Greg? 
I picked against Ray Hewlett every time he has fought, and uh, he's he's you know every time that I picked against him, he's lost, he's he's won, and uh, and I told him last time I was just gonna keep picking him, kicking against him, uh, but he keeps he keeps impressing me like every time he fights, he just keeps pressing. When he started, did he not? When how did he start at his record? I wouldn't. He was zero two. Yeah, he was zero two, and uh, was kind of kind of getting touched up up uh, out there. But he's re- he's a guy that I would put in the list for most improved this year because he's really turned it around since then and and, and ran off four straight. And his confidence is just much much better. Yeah, and I just wanted to point out one thing too. We're talking about him coming and staying down here. I mean, like, there's not a whole lot of more. <laughs> It, it's this, the valor speaks for itself. I was just going through the list. We have eight states that are going to be participating in this one alone: Tennessee, South Carolina, North Carolina, Kentucky, Connecticut, Virginia, Indiana, and Georgia. Uh, with all that being said, I always I always pick against Ray, man, and I gotta I gotta fade him again here and pick Kyle. Chad, we'll go with Ray. I think uh, he gets drug out into the, the the later rounds, and I think Ray gets a gets a sub on him. All right, Chad takes Ray. The other two is Linder. All right, our second title fight, co-main event. This is a rematch, guys. Uh, Garrett Sharp, five and one out of KMAA, Knoxville, Tennessee, will be challenging for the title held by the reigning and defending champion Andrew Sturdivant. Sturdy. Four and four out of Blaylock's IMB down in Fort Oglethorpe uh, around Chattanooga area. These guys went at it, man. Uh, it's been a minute since they fought. It looks like, uh, sorry, if y'all bear with me real quick, I will, I will tell you, but uh, I think it's been about a year and a half. I want to say it was February, 2019 that these guys fought Andrew Sturdivant victorious in that one with a rear naked choke. So both these guys, I think though, in the last 18 months have improved a lot. Uh, even, you know, we, we're going to see two different guys, I think. And to me, this is our our fight on the card that could easily be a pro fight. Both these guys very close to going pro. Uh, both guys wanted to test, uh, you know, to see where they were at. Of course, that is the one loss on Garrett Sharp's record. So he's you got to, you know, uh, hanker into uh, to erase that ever since he's been nothing but but on top, man. He's, uh, you know, beat Brandon McGee, beat Joel Winters and uh, Andrew Sturdivant coming off of a uh, first round finish with another rear naked choke over the teammate of Garrett Sharp in Ninja Nick Wiggly back in September. The start of got is one of these guys that has had the alternating win, loss, win, loss, win, loss throughout his whole career. Literally all four and four have been alternating wins and losses. So he's due to lose here. And he's, he's acknowledged that we talked to him last week uh, on the Valor hour. And he said that, you know, this is going to be the first time that he puts two in a row together. So uh, I'm really stoked for this fight. Really, really close matchup. All right, Greg. Uh, I gotta go, man. I shoot. You said everything I wanted to say right there, and I and Garrett Sharp's only loss. I, both of these guys are tough as shit, but uh, Andrew Sturdivant, man, he's one of the, one of the toughest amateurs I've got to spar with before, and I've never got to just to spar with Garrett. And the only reason I'm going with Andrew is because I know how tough he really is, and uh, and uh, and he's beat him once, and I think he can beat him again. That doesn't mean this won't be close. This is going to be a good fight, but I got to go with Sturdy here, Chad. I think Garrett gets this one back. Um, very hard to beat the same guy two times in a row. Um, Andrew's been wanting this one, or Garrett's been wanting this one. Um, Andrew's a tough kid. I just think Garrett gets this one and uh, probably moves on and goes pro after this. Um, 
Yeah, I don't think my red states are going to win uh, on this map I keep looking at. So I'm going. I'm going with the red fucking corner on this one, baby. Uh, I think Garrett Sharp uh, redeems the uh, redeems the loss. All right. <clears throat> so Greg takes third of it. The other two are sharp. All right. Main event time, and uh, we shift back into gear to the heavyweights. Heavyweight title vacated by James Garmany, who. I just don't know where James is. Uh, I can't reach him. I have my I have my suspicions, but James unable to defend that title here. It's been a year. Time to move on, and we're going to put it up between two undefeated hitters, CJ Baker, four and zero, all first round knockouts coming off his last knockout back in September in Chattanooga uh, over Josh Denham, who we'll see earlier on this card, six foot seven. Maybe six eight, uh, really, just really big motherfucker. Uh, wrestling background, oddly enough, at East Ridge High School, but he hasn't had to show it. He's uh, been able to use his hands and uh, and land knockouts uh, all the way up uh, to this point. So uh, uh, he uh, previously was training with D'Angelo Johnson with the East Ridge Fight Club, and now has made that move over to Blaylock's IMB in Chattanooga, Fort Oglethorpe with Chet Blaylock. Um, Getting ready for this fight, they'll have uh, three guys with Andrew Sturdivant, uh, CJ, as well as um, as well as um, D'Angelo Johnson, uh, looking to make it five in a row, all in the first round. Uh, we'll see how that goes against the Black Cowboy, Julian Goins. Only one and zero, but also a first round knockout winner. So between these guys, neither have ever not had a first round knockout. Julian, one of the security personnel at the Cotton Eye Joe. So this is the true uh, home fight for him. Um, and, uh, you know, I'll say in his one, his one uh, knockout win was over Jamel Taylor, who we just saw come back to Chattanooga and go three hard rounds and win around even against uh, Cameron Gonder, uh, one of Billy Swanson's protégés. So uh, in, in hindsight, I would actually say that Goins win was probably better than any of Baker's wins as far as strength of opposition, if that makes sense. So uh, this will be an interesting one, man. I don't think that it would be far-fetched to say this fight ain't going three rounds. All right, we'll start with Chad on this one. This fight ain't going over a minute and a half. <laughs> um, conventional wisdom says go with CJ. I say also that Goins is about 6'6 himself. These guys are big dudes. Um, conventional wisdom says go with CJ and it's 4-0. and um, But who fighting at home and uh front of his home crowd that dude's just tough. Um, I'm going to go with Pooh on this one to get, get the title. All right. Hobbs? I think uh, Goins is just still too too raw. Um, I'm going Baker. All right. Uh, Greg? Man, again, Jeff pointed it out. Goins is a uh, He's new. You know, I mean, I don't mean he hasn't fought before, and I don't mean he can't get down. But, uh, you know, he said C.J. Baker's got that wrestling background, and he's not necessarily teaching himself. He's not independent no more. He's teamed up with, you know, Chet Blaylock. And and he's getting, you know, and if he has been showing up to practice and he has been going there and training, then he's probably getting to run into people like Billy Swanson, you know, and, and some of his protégés that you mentioned you know, earlier. And, uh Julian, I'm not sure who he's getting to, to roll with and, and go with at, at being an independent, or if he just gets to you know take out take out guys every week at the Joe, you know. Um, 
with that being said, Julian is at the Joe. This is where he works. He's got a lot of people looking up to him here. He's got a lot of admirers here. And he's probably going to have a lot of people there that want to see him lose, too. So there's going to be a lot of people, you know, showing up. He's probably checked some guys out that are buying tickets just to come in there to watch this, you know. Because what you say, he's 6'6", six, six versus another guy that's 6'6", six, 6'7". Six, six, How big is Really yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Uh, I tell you, uh, Black Cowboy's about six six, and CJ's about six seven, six eight. <laughs> so both of these guys are legit heavyweights. Oh yeah, and uh, and there's some gold on the line. Julian mm-hmm. is taking that, taking a huge step here, right here, and this is going to be. I mean, like like Chad said, it's not going past a minute and a half. It might, it might go to the <laughs> second round, but if somebody tags somebody, it's over. And I think that CJ, with the experience he's got. But then again, has CJ Baker really fought a heavyweight heavyweight yet? Has he? He hasn't really fought a guy. Yeah, I mean, uh, honestly speaking, you know, CJ has had the, a massive size advantage in all of his all of his fights thus far. And he's still going to have somewhat of a size advantage here too. But Julian's big, big, big old son of a bitch. I'm excited for this now. Uh, I got to go with CJ Baker though. I can't wait to see what happens here. All right, Chad taking Goins. Yeah, two going with Baker. All right, and that Chad's is Chad's either, gonna, Chad's either gonna catch up or he's gonna be Fall uh, way out. yeah way out of the line. All right, well that is your Valor seventy five card. It is pretty fucking yoke, guys. This is uh, this is one with a lot of potential wars. I want to get each guy's take for fight of the night before we let our pigs panelists go and uh, wrap this thing up with a little UFC talk. Uh, let's uh, we'll go first to uh, let's go to uh, Chad here. What is your pick for uh, fight of the night, man? What's gonna be what's gonna be the one? We'll go with Anthony Cochran and Sean Paragoy. Um, yeah, I like it. It's gonna be action from the get go. I like it. Okay, how about you, Greg? Uh, I'm not going to touch up on any of the title fights because those are speaking for themselves. They already have, and they will during the fight. But uh, man, you got me interested in the Parker Wadman and Ryan Camp fight. That's my that's the most anticipated fight for me to watch. You know, and and a strong second is Jacob Romano and Jackson Donovan. But my fight, Parker and Ryan and Jeff. Uh, yeah, I'm definitely Wadman and Camp for me. I mean, I'll get your take on this one too, Justin. Justin, moving over from the judges' table to uh, to jump on commentary before we get uh, the great Vince Ferrara back in December. Uh, Justin, what is uh, one of these fights that uh, that you're just uh, you know uh, looking forward to the most? Um, probably uh, Lee Radford and uh, and Caleb Holt. Man, that's going to be a, a fun fight, and the crowd's going to be definitely into it. Um, so yeah, that's, that's probably my. The one I'm looking forward to the most. I see a slobber knocker. It's what I hope. It's one of those fights that it may not be the prettiest fight we see. In fact, I guarantee it won't be the prettiest <laughs> fight that we see all night. But it very well will be uh, one that your that your uh, your uh, your hairs raise up on your arms because I think that uh, energy there is going to be pretty hype for that one. Um, all right, we'll uh, circle back next week and see how all this uh, shakes out. How these picks go? Who's right? Who's wrong? Who makes up ground? Who loses ground? Uh, with that, I'm going to uh, let Jeff and Chad uh, be on their merry way. Guys, I appreciate you guys uh, sitting in and we will see you guys this weekend. I'll see you guys.
All right. So we'll keep Greg on the line here as we wrap this thing up with some UFC uh, recap and preview. We'll keep this brief, guys. Uh, try to tease this in about 15 minutes, 20 minutes or so. Uh, first, a look back at last week. Of course, we had two cards. Bellator uh, 250 was a Thursday fight. I'm digging those, uh, those Thursday fights. And also, uh, shout out to Emily King just announced this week. She'll be returning to Bellator here on November the 12th, I believe, something like that, uh, taking on Carrie Melendez, uh, Gil Melendez's wife, in a fight that was supposed to happen uh, during the COVID uh, shenanigans, but uh, now it is it is going to happen, uh, allegedly. Uh, but Bellator 2, uh, I'm sorry, we're going to Bellator uh, 250 was uh, headlined by a title fight uh, in the middleweight division. It was Gegard Mousasi taking a five-round unanimous decision win over Douglas Lima. Also, Henry Corrales with a split decision over Brandon Gertz, Dalton Rasta, unanimous decision over Ty Gwerter. Jake Hager slash Jack Swagger uh, took on Brandon Calton from up the road and uh, won a very close split decision there. Um, Calton had a pretty good showing for himself. Hager, I thought, um, showed that he's got a lot of holes still, but he also showed that he is a fighter, man. He, he took some tough shots, <clears throat> didn't fold up kept going. So I'll give him that. Um, also, Sabah Hamasi with a second round a flying knee knockout over Bobby Volker. Johnny Eblen takes the unanimous decision upset over Taylor Johnson. Adam Boritz goes to 16-1 with the unanimous decision over Eric Sanchez. Cody Law wrestling standout with an easy first round darts over Orlando Ortega. If you took my advice last week and put your trailer on Cody Law, then you got two trailers. Um, let's see here. Uh, we'll just uh, real quick here. Uh, Justin, what is uh, your take on this Bellator card? Yeah, what stood out? Uh, it wasn't a bad card, man. Henry Corrales looked great. Um, <clears throat> it was a, some crazy scorecards on that one. I don't know if you saw it, but one of the judges scored it 30-27 for Brandon Gertz. The other two scored 30-27 for Henry Corrales. Um, I couldn't imagine if if certain coaches were in the building for that one. Um, Gegard Mousasi and Douglas Lima uh, – I, I thought Douglas was going to be a little more active. He just kind of looked looked tentative in there. He had some good moments, um, but ultimately Gegard was just able to outpoint him. Um, took at least four rounds in that fight, I guess. Um, and then Bahamasi, that flying knee was was nasty, man. That was out of nowhere. Um, Jake Hager, like you said, he's got a lot of improvements to make, but um, he didn't. He, you know, he didn't quit. He was. He got. He did take some shots, um, but you know. If it was much of if if he was fighting any any elite competition at all, he would definitely be uh, gotten out of there pretty quick. I think. All right, and uh, Greg, your thoughts on this Bellator card? Uh, anything stand out? We lost three dang fights uh, with COVID and missed weights. Of course, Jared Scoggins supposed to be on that card. Is upon a missed weight grotesquely. Nick Newell supposed to be on that card, and then he got the COVID, and then we lost the female fight on the main card. Veda Ortega, Desiree Yanez was off as well. Uh, overall thoughts on Bellator, Greg? I actually got to. I was sitting there because I just started teaching the, one of the wrestling courses there. Gogi, so like it was, it starts at six, and then. Ran into our MMA class, so like I didn't get to watch anything. So I have like literally had my phone up with Hager and uh, and Brandon Col- uh, Colton right there, like watching them fight while I'm trying to like show stuff, and I just couldn't, I couldn't do it. So I didn't get to watch anything until I left there, which I did get to catch the uh, the Corrales fight, which yeah, I don't, that was a weird fight, and then the Musashi Lima fight, and that that I, I can't say that fight went the way I thought it would because I agree with Justin. I thought that Lima would be, you know. 
you know, a little bit more aggressive and go go for go for something, you know, try to try to make that mark. But uh, he just was real tentative and didn't 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 fire, didn't pull the trigger, so ended up losing off of it. A good night for me at Bellator. I went undefeated on this one, but I tell you what, my parlay with uh, my parlay with Hager uh, certainly <laughs> certainly didn't me, have me feeling too confident with him being minus seven fifty and me sweating a split decision as they're waiting to read the third judge's scorecard. I didn't uh, I didn't like that too much. <laughs> I guess that's why we do it, right? Uh, the uh, the UFC card for last weekend, of course, uh, was on Halloween night, so I only got to see portions of this. Um, I got to see most of the early stuff to tell you the truth, but I didn't get to see most of the late stuff because we went trick or treating. And uh, of course, it was headlined by Uriah Hall versus Anderson to Spider Silva. Allegedly, Anderson's retirement fight, but I don't think that we got that commitment at the end of the fight when they interviewed him. Uh, Uriah Hall with a fourth round uh, TKO after kind of taking it easy for the first couple rounds, maybe give him a little, little bit of respect there. He turned it on the third and gets him out of there uh, in the fourth. Bryce Mitchell with the unanimous decision win over Andre Feely. Uh, Bryce Mitchell, another guy that, you know, UFC is very high on. He moves to, um, he moves to 14 and O, I guess uh, at this point, uh, it depends on what you score that tough fight as an exhibit that he lost on tough, but I think it's an exhibition maybe, but uh, anyway, Awesome uh, takedowns. You got seven takedowns over the course of the fight. Feely uh, exposed some striking uh, gaps, I think, in Bryce Mitchell's game. But if people can't stop the t- uh, takedown, and Feely couldn't. And I also read that uh, Feely had trained with Gary Tonin in the lead up to this to prepare for his jiu-jitsu, but he just couldn't prepare him for the takedowns uh, more than anything. Uh, Bryce Mitchell gets unanimous decision. Uh, Greg Hardy with a second round knockout over Maurice Green. I don't know. To me, I think Hardy just kind of treads water with this. I don't think that he showed like a whole lot of improvement here because Maurice Green, I'm just not very high on. Maurice is, you know, not not a stellar opponent. I think he probably should have got him out of there in the first. Kevin Holland got his guy out of there in the first, though, with a, a verbal submission after a neck injury uh, to Charlie Ontiveros, who took that fight on very short notice, moved up from 170, 185 to fight a killer. So tough spot for Ontiveros. Holland wins easy and calls out Adesanya. He ain't getting that. And uh, also on the main card, Tiago Moises with an upset decision win over Bobby Green, which completely spoiled my evening. Uh, luckily, I avoided Green on my parlays, but I had him pretty heavy on most of my lineups. And uh, this is one of those weird ones. Green outlanded him two to one, but uh, still gave up the unanimous decision. So uh, Moises, even though outlanded, was able to uh, still be the more aggressive fighter, I guess. And just looking at it numbers wise, it doesn't really line up. But the way the fight went, it being unanimous, I didn't really get to catch it. So I can't argue it. Uh, main card thoughts, Justin. Uh, yeah, I was doing the same thing. I was walking around. <clears throat> well, I guess not the same thing. I had my phone in my hand walking around trick-or-treating. Uh, but I could still only half-ass watch most of it. Um, <clears throat> Anderson, I thought, looked decent there in the beginning. You know, Uriah didn't throw much. I think in the first couple of rounds, he threw like 11 strikes. Um, you know, <clears throat> I don't know. Anderson's, he just, you know, you shouldn't. they shouldn't be matching him up with guys like that at this point. I, I thought it was a weird matchup. Um, and I don't know if we'll see him back or not. I mean, he said before, you know, it's hard to walk away from this. And he's he went from like, I can't remember what it is. I think he was like 33 and 4, and now he's 34 and 11. And so, you know, he's won one out of his last six or seven fights or something. It's just wild to see Anderson still out there. But, 
knowing him, he'll probably be back, uh, whether it be in Bellator or, or somewhere else. Uh, Bryce looked great. <clears throat> Andre Philly's a tough fight, man. You know, uh, I think Andre was had the advantage on the feet. He was winning the fight there, but Bryce was pushing forward and, um, you know, threatening the takedowns, landing most of them. Um, you know, he was throwing big shots just to try to get in close. Philly was, was the more technical striker, but ultimately, you know, Bryce didn't want to be there. He wanted to get to the ground and, um, <clears throat> at times Philly would, would explode and bridge up, um, and get, get a, get a sweep and, um, get to the top position. I think Bryce was, was disappointed in himself for that, but probably one of the things that, that Gary told him had him working on pretty hard, you know, was, was waiting for those opportunities to escape, um, but it was a fun fight to watch. It was, you know, Bryce faced some adversity there. And, um, like I said, you know, Andre Philly's a tough out. So Bryce would definitely be getting the top 10 guy next. I think, <clears throat> um, Kevin Holland looked good, man. I mean, you know, this is a guy who I think he's four and this year or something came coming off the contender series. If you think about like, uh, you know, they just made gave Chimaev a fight, but that this is the fight that I would want to see. You know, Chimaev and, and Kevin Holland, I think, would be a good matchup. They're throwing him to the top five, but, uh, you know, it, it's kind of wild. Um, Greg Hardy, uh, you know, I, I agree with you. I think Maurice Green is um, not a UFC caliber uh, athlete, fighter. Um, and, you know, I think Greg Hardy should have should have done a lot better than, than he did. Uh, but he got the job done and, and picks up another win. Greg, anything on this main card? Uh, jump out to you. Uh, just Yeah, I, I agree with everything that he said, uh, that Justin just said about Anderson Silva. I don't agree why they gave us about Ural Hall. And it's like, you know, on this post fight, you know, the, the farewell fight. Uh, another one, I was impressed with Andre Philly being able to escape the mount as many times as he did by Bryce Mitchell. But as impressed as I was, of Andre Philly, I was twice as impressed with Bryce Mitchell for putting on the performance that he did. Uh, Greg Hardy, whatever. Um, Kyle Holland or Kevin Holland, man. Uh, ah, they need to give him a better opponent. Uh, I think he deserves a, you know, like he even said it himself. I want to, you know, I want some, I want somebody to kind of step up now. And, uh, which, uh, you know, I, we'll see that. I don't want my man, uh, uh, have fought either, but, uh, I mean, he that that and he beat was it Buckley? Yeah, he beat Joaquin Buckley. Yeah, that's the only one I see that I was that I'm really impressed with. The rest, I mean, just because and just because the guy's got like a forever that will go down as one of the best knockouts ever in history. He's got to win over him, and that's it. Uh, but yeah, uh, I'm anxious to see Kevin Holland fights next. Uh, I think they'll give him somebody that'll probably take him out though. Undercard, not a lot to speak of here. Well, not a whole lot of star power. Alex Hernandez, he does get back on the winning track, though, with a pretty dominant knockout win over uh, Chris Gritzmacher in the first round. Adrian Yanez, domination over late replacement. Alaska product, Victor Rodriguez. Uh, Sean Strickland makes the return after two years after a really bad motorcycle accident and looked like a million bucks with a unanimous decision win over Jack Marshman. A little bit of showmanship in that third round. He was talking, talking to him a lot. 
they're like, once you go down, Jack, I can't get this bonus unless you go down. But it, Jack, to his credit, never went down. Jason Witt with a dominant second round uh, arm triangle choke submission win over Cole Williams, who missed weight and looked like shit. Uh, probably going to get cut. He's, I'll tell you, my biggest loser of the week. And then Dustin Jacoby looked really good as uh, Justin Lindette just didn't plan to check leg kicks and uh, went down uh, to a TKO in the first round. Miles Johns with a beautiful uppercut knockout in the third round over Kevin, the TV dot almost turned him for a damn backflip. Uh, it was uh, a really nice win for Miles Johns. Uh, Greg, anything on the undercard? Uh, yeah, just uh, saying to idolize what you said, or not idolize, but just, you know, mention that Cole Williams loser right there. Uh, this is one of those ones, like, you know, I know some people like to say they shit an apple pie or whatever, you know, mm. different things like he's talking about. Uh, every time, like, I don't know why, but, like, if you're seen an episode of South Park where they have the hindsight, man, yeah. Captain Hindsight, and he's, like, flying through the air. <laughs> like, every time I lose a fight where I know I should, like, I knew, I knew I should have picked Jason Wynn. I just knew it. Like, on DraftKings and everything, I just yeah. knew it. And for some reason, like, you know, like, you're always stuck if you ever have, a, a, a like, a, a word in your head. It always goes back to it. That Captain Hindsight always comes back to me and Jason Witt, like you were saying, Cole Williams ruined it for you that night. Yeah. He absolutely murdered my whole I would have I would have done great, but I didn't. But that's the only one I wanted to speak on. You know what? That's one of those Captain fights Hines. where I was on Williams as well, uh, to my dismay as soon as the fight started and honestly even before the fight started. And uh and 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 I and I feel like I could have afforded wit. I think that I just like made that call. Yeah, you could have. Yeah, you yeah, know, and, and it was obvious, and it was the difference more or less in me, you know, doing well and doing really bad because Cole Williams only put up a half a point, I think, uh, for yeah, us on that fight. Wit was eighty three, Williams was seventy nine, so we were we had we had the uh, the, the salary to spare. <laughs> we could have won it. All right, uh, Justin, anything on this other card? I did take Wit, so fuck you guys. Um, uh, there was a bunch of finishes, right. man. You know, six fights, only one decision. Um, and, and in that decision, you know, Marshman just got the shit beat out of him, I feel like, and could have gotten finished at any time. Um, so it was a lot of action. Uh, pretty good undercard. Uh, Alex Hernandez looked great. Giannis looked great. Strickland looked great. Um, yeah, I mean, everybody everybody looked outstanding, I feel like, on, on the undercard. Uh, the, that knockout, the very first knockout of the night was was nasty, nasty uppercut. That was uh, got us got a, a good good run started there. All right, now let's move on to our final segment. We're looking ahead to this weekend's UFC card Saturday, ESPN Plus. We're going through this uh, pretty quick, guys. The uh, main event: Tiago Santos, Glover Teixeira, has been canceled twice as uh, each of them have had COVID. Uh, finally, going to get it on here. Uh, Andre Arlovski takes on Tanner Bozier in the co-main event. I'm a little mad about that because Bozier fights like he did before he started knocking guys out. That could be a little bit of a, a slog. Uh, uh, Rayoni Barcelos, 15 and one, makes his return to take on the German Khalid Taha. Uh, my favorite fight on the card, Ian Heinish takes on Brendan Allen at 185. That's going to be a war. And uh, we got Claudia Gedalia taking on uh, Jan Janan. That's another pretty good fight on the main card at strawweight. Giga Chikadze makes a quick turnaround to face the newcomer Jamie Simmons. Trevin Giles versus Bevan Lewis. Marco Rogerio de Lima takes on Alexander Romanoff, 12 and 0. Romanoff is. Darren the Damage Elkins takes on Eduardo Garigori, Max Griffin, Ramiz Brimage. And then on short notice, originally supposed to be Felipe Calaris versus Gustavo Lopez. It'll now be Anthony Burchak stepping in to face Lopez. I'll tell you guys, 
I don't have a whole lot of strong leans on this card, but Darren Elkins minus 200 is money, even though the, he's older and he just lost to Nate the Train. Like, Gary Gorey is not very good. He's an Argentinian guy that they pretty much just signed to fight on that Argentina card and uh, wasn't very impressive, very much just a striker. Elkins is wrestling, even in minus 200. Go ahead and bet the trailer. Uh, let's see. Uh, Greg, overall thoughts on this card? We'll get out of here. Well, you got two trailers to bet now because mm-hmm. of the law last week, so you might want to bet two trailers on Darren Elkins. But um, leans this week right here. Uh, did you say you like the well, – I, I guess my only real big lean, I don't even – I haven't even looked at odds, but I haven't really looked at all this, but, but Giga Chikadazi. Chikadazi? Yeah, there you go, Justin. You got it. So, but Jamie Simmons featherweight, number eight featherweight out of the Midwest. Um, I don't know how he came on the card or how where they got where they got this guy from. Uh, and Claudia Gadella and uh, against Jan Claudia Gadella, she ends up in a bunch of uh, like I don't know, man. She I don't know. I don't. She I don't trust her like at all. But I don't trust Jan either. Like, I think they both lose that one, to be honest. So, uh, Romanov, I think he can probably get a knockout up there at 265. Uh, same thing you said on Darren Elkins. I like Elkins there. Uh, Max Griffin here. Do we have any odds on Max Griffin right here? He's a minus 140 in that I range. Think I'm, I don't, yeah, I don't know if I would want to fade him here, but I think like he said he's minus 170 and, and then, uh, how do you pronounce that? Brahimaj? 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 Brahimaj. I don't know. For the money at plus 40, I may want to jump on that train right there because I've put money on Max Griffin a few times now, and he's he's kind of – I've seen that Captain Hindsight flying in my damn head multiple times thinking that he was going to win, and he didn't. But uh, – uh, uh, other than that, we are we going through the whole card right now? I'm just naming. Yeah, them. yeah, it's the whole, it's the, it's the whole card. We're wrapping this bitch up. I don't. Well, there's a few cards like there's a couple bets that I like, like that uh, Claudia and Jan fight. I believe that one goes the distance, which you know I don't think they get a finish there. Uh, the Ian Heinz and Brandon Allen fight. That's another one I want to look at right there. Oh, sorry, I clicked the wrong one. That's another one I want to look at right there with the odds because I really like Brandon Allen, but. Uh, yeah, it's a tight, it's a near even pick. Yeah, I'll probably probably five diamonds has them both at minus one ten. What's that? Just enjoy that one. Five diamonds has Heinish and Allen at minus one ten both. Oh yeah, yeah. I like uh, I like man, I like Brendan Allen for just because he's more well rounded. But Heinish hits like a fucking motherfucker, man. So like I yeah. count him out, you know. And uh, and Allen. Uh, let me look at his last couple of fights. He's had some uh and look at I thought he had an early stoppage, not early stoppage, but let's see. Yeah, he's, a lot of his fights get stopped early. Uh I, I just wonder wonder what happens if it goes late in the round with Brandon Allen. Um I don't know. And then Arlovsky and Tanner Bozer fight. I don't know. I'm still not sold on Bozer right now. I'm just not sold on him, even though he's got two finishes, but Lens, he he fought Lens, I know, once and we all fucked that guy. So like, and then I don't know. He showed power these last two fights, but before that, like like Tim said, he's kind of a lackluster, pushy against the cage kind of deal. But this cage again, remember it's in Vegas, so it's like super small. So does Tanner Bozer just go all out again, knowing that there's not a whole lot of places for Olowski to run? Because if he doesn't, it's going to be the same guy fighting the same guy right there, and it'll be boring as shit. 
and I can see Arlovsky squeaking out a damn decision. But I, with that being said, I want to see Bozer win this, and I want to see him win by KO because that's what he needs to do to, to do something here. And then in the main event with uh, Tiago Santos and Texture Glover, or I'm sorry, Glover, Texture, Justin's going to get in on that one. He always does. <laughs> Uh, I was looking at the odds there. You got uh, Glover at plus 180, and he just come off that fight with uh, Anthony Smith and looked good, man. Looked real good. With that being said, Tiago Santos is coming off the fight with, uh, with John Jones. But um, when he fought John Jones, they went to a decision, right? But like he got – what happened to him in that fight? Something happened to him. He do like he blew like five ligaments in his knee, ACL, MCL, PCL, LCL, everything. And yeah, so like, but he did good. He did great. Congratulations yeah. to him. But coming back off of that, do you uh, do you trust the guy that blew every damn CL in his life? Ever? <laughs> I, said, I mean, geez. Uh, I mean, the thing, he did most of that within the first two rounds, and he went three more rounds with Jones and was competitive yeah. with him. You know, he's just one of the toughest son of bitches in the world. Um, it, it, it's, it may play a factor. It's a, probably going to play a bigger factor just the, the timeout. He's been out since then. Um, but he's a big favorite in this fight. It's the same Glover shows up that, that fought Anthony Smith. That could be. It could be a, a, a really interesting fight. Yeah, because Anthony Smith did go to decision with John Jones. Yeah, both of them did. I mean, this is, we're talking MMA math now. I'm just uh, – I don't know. Hell, uh, with that being said, you got to look at plus 180 on Glover Teixeira. Or, you know, so I, I got to go with the odds there. Plus 180, you got to put a little bit a little bit of money on. But if I, I – mean, I don't know. I don't know about that. That's probably another one I'll probably – stay away from but if i have to have pick somebody for my draft teams i'm picking uh glover because he's like 7400 so i'm taking him there justin your thoughts on this one uh altogether it's not a bad card i mean the main card itself is, has got a lot of talent uh up and coming down on it i think um aside from the bozer fight and well i mean i guess the main events of you know two old guys too but it's possible contender fight at, at 205 after the Adesanya fight um, Bozer's a big favorite. Uh, I don't know, you know, Arlovsky's just a Arlovsky's a veteran, he's been in there with everybody, but I think his chin has kind of uh, been put to the test over the last few years. And I don't know if he can handle any of those big shots from Bozer. Um, Gedalia is an underdog against uh, Jan. Uh, I think that that's a fight to look, to look out for. Jan's a phenomenal athlete, uh, and so is Gedalia. Brennan Allen and, and Ian Heinish, I think, you know, probably one of the better fights on the card. Um, I think for for the numbers, I love Brennan Allen uh, at even money. Um, Chikadze's a massive favorite. If you're doing anything with him, you're going to have to put him in a parlay. Um, and it's about all all the plays, really. You know, Darren Elkins is a pretty pretty heavy favorite, um, and I, I agree with you. I think he should should be able to take that fight. Um, are neither one of you guys are watching Contender Series right now, are you? No, dude. The, uh, the second, the second front kick knockout of the night. <laughs> oh wow! Front kick to the face. The first one was two in a row. He kicked the guy in the face, and then he kicked the guy in the that face again. Dope. Yeah, and then yeah, this one just cool. now, he just now front kicked the guy's head off. Yeah, they're trying to get those contracts, man. Yeah, they're they're both those guys will be getting contracts. Hmm. 
Well, very good, guys. That's going to wrap it up, I believe, uh, for this edition. We will uh, we'll rendezvous back next week, same time, for our recap of Valor 75. Thanks so much to our guests tonight. Of course, we interviewed Sean Nickel. We had uh, Jeff Hobbs and Chad Finnerty join us for the picks panel. And then, of course, uh, Justin Watson and Greg Hopkins stay on through. Uh, make sure that you subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to it. Uh, spread the word and check out our uh, Facebook page as well. Give it a like. And uh, keep spreading the love. We appreciate it so much. And we thank you guys for uh, sitting in and listening to another edition of the Valor Hour. We're out. This is an MMA report with Jason Floyd and Daniel Galvan. Quick fix on Radio Influence. Bill to expand the Muhammad Ali Boxing Act to mixed martial arts has not made it out of committee. And I have had people tell me that as long as the president of the United States is Donald Trump, that that bill is never going to make it out of committee, which would, would obviously tell you why the UFC is kind of in a very good position. And look, no matter whether it's a UFC belt or any other mixed martial arts organization, the likelihood is that they do not want the Ali Act expand to MMA. But Daniel, to me, you know, and it's a good article. You can check it out there, uh, you know, on on Twitter. It's it's all over the place. Uh, various MMA websites have have been talking about it. But I thought the quote at the end of the article uh, really kind of sums up my my thoughts on it. And this was Andrew Yang saying, quote, applying the Ali Act would be a big step forward. But to me, MMA fighters need either a union or pro association so they can negotiate a fair share of the revenue stream. Big changes need to happen. And I'd like to do this on a human level. I thought that was a very great way to sum up this article. Yeah, for fighters, it's a positive. It's not the end all be all. And, and I, I think it's clear, right? The UFC wants the Trump presidency to, to continue. And it logically makes sense for the UFC to want that because the logic is there will be probably a bigger portion of money in their bank account. And that is a great reason for organization to want someone to remain in office because it, it's clear that the Ali Act will, you know, stay in the cupboard. And it, it's just, I'm looking at it from a pure money standpoint. I, I think it's, it's kind of funny that the presidential uh, election really is important in the MMA world. The MMA Report with Jason Floyd and Daniel Galvan can be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Podcasts, and RadioInfluence.com.